Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invites you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace. sort of weekly program it's usually once every two weeks and if we can pull it off weekly we will uh, and today we're doing it i uh, uh this particular topic that i want to talk about today is is kind of important um i know last week i uh, had Catherine tune on here and we were talking about uh, deconstruction and i had a discussion about that uh, and then i had a, an ending i added on live um after the interview talking about some wisdom and stuff and so that's been percolating and some conversations I've had with individuals have led me to see that this is a bigger topic than I expected and I think um, for us this is we we need to have more of a conversation on this so I want to follow this up even more and make sure that uh, um, well I want to encourage others I I hear folks are being discouraged Um, in fact if I'm honest I've got some folks that have been listening and watching quietly on the sidelines that I've known for years that have even grown up in the same church that I have. Um, and there's no one else to talk to about it. Like the journey of deconstruction, like they're, they're hearing something. They really like, Hey, good morning, Jermaine. I can actually see comments in one spot. Yay. Um, but, but they're, they have no one else to talk to. They know they've questioned faith, but uh, it's either comp- all or nothing. That's that's what people have been told that uh, deconstruction is all about. So I want to talk about this today. Um, if you look in the comments below, it says um, the buzzword deconstruction is is striking a chord with folks. There's a lot of people that are hearing it, and it's causing either anger in religious people saying, hey, that's all evil, it's all heresy, or um, it's it's triggering folks that have been hurt in the church and they want to just dump it all away, thinking there was never any value to it. And that's the extreme. And that, listen, the more hurt you are, the more extreme you're going to feel like your pendulum is going to, to swing. But who's holding your pendulum? I think that's important to remember. Who's holding your pendulum? Um, so anyway, I want to I want to talk a little bit about and uh, follow up last week's conversation on deconstruction because I remember doing a uh, discussion on what forgiveness is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna continue that one again. I, I haven't come back to it for a long time. In fact, I think it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, I think it was. I was uh, going through the whole series on what forgiveness is and what it is not. And I found out, and most of you will agree with this, that it's not so much what forgiveness is that is having is being difficult to grasp. It's what it is not. There are misconceptions out there. Hey, good morning, uh, Charles from Winnipeg. Good to see you there. By the way, Jermaine, where do you live? Um, just type it into the comment. I want to know what state you're in because I know you're down in the U.S. Um, but there are folks who need to understand what it is not. You almost need to pull down some walls first because no one can see outside of the, the castle that they've been put into for their thinking and theology. So I know when I did the forgiveness one, when I began to unpack what forgiveness is not, 
um, oh my goodness, things began to unravel quickly. In fact, um, here's the most obvious one for forgiveness because this is a biggie and I won't teach on it today. But when you tell people they must forgive, here's what happens. Immediately, most religious folks will run to this pendulum swing that will say, well, then I must be put back into a relationship with them. Otherwise, I will not have forgiven them. That is a lie. All right. That mindset is absolutely not true. And that's what prevents people from forgiving. Uh, for forgiving. When, if, if people can discover that forgiveness is something you do for you, that between you and your Heavenly Father, you can forgive without having those reconnections with people because some of them you can't and it's not wise to. It's toxic. It's awful. In fact, some of them don't deserve a reconnection because they won't own their part of their contribution to your pain. So there's a lot to unpack there. So that's the forgiveness part. And then I realized, wait a minute, this deconstruction topic is pretty much the same thing. It's becoming that. And so I want to just talk a little bit about what dis, um, deconstruct, deconstruction is not. And I think you'll you'll appreciate that. Um, I, I touched on at the end of last week, so I'm re- going to recap because not everybody followed through to the very end of last week's Still Growing Grace episode. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow up because I think this is really, really important. In fact, I'm adding to it. Uh, I think this is really, really important. All right, I'm going to put some PowerPoint stuff on the screen. Uh, you'll see the Hope Fellowship logo right above me. Um, that is because uh, I quickly used my Hope Fellowship template um, uh, from Sunday because I only put this together like within the last 30 minutes. Like, ah, because I, I had nothing planned and I didn't want to just do, well, I was going to do nothing. I was just going to not have anything this morning. But this hit me quickly. And I thought, okay, fine, fine, fine. Let's Let's do this. So, Forgive, uh, sorry, deconstruction. Um, here's what it does not mean. And we covered this at the end last week. Uh, I said deconstruction does not mean destruction. And somebody commented and, and messaged me about that privately. And here's what I'm trying to say. Deconstruction does not mean to destroy all you have learned. All right. Deconstruction does not mean to destroy all you've learned. Not at all. In fact, it's realizing, hey, good morning, Sandra. Where are you from, Sandra? Um, uh, It's realizing or discovering that broken pieces have found their way into your theology and need to be removed and replaced with original parts, OEM. I looked up, what does OEM mean? Because I keep hearing mechanic talk about it and blah, blah, blah. And it means original equipment manufacturer. So OEM, automotive components, are the official genuine parts produced directly by your vehicle's maker. So deconstruction is really somebody swapped out um, uh, less... um, like poorer quality parts into your theology incomplete or they were not manufactured correctly it was made with a lesser grade steel or the bolts were made from a poor construction of nickel or whatever so really deconstruction is not about destroying things or taking apart everything you've come to believe this has rather to do with the holy spirit picking out pointing out gently by the way sometimes with a big crush sometimes you get one but not to your soul your soul will actually feel i can breathe now that's the feeling that will come with healthy deconstruction 
So if you're feeling like you're a terrible person, you're no good, that you're not worthy anymore, that's not deconstruction, that's religion. There's a big difference there. So really, we, we are discovering, at least uh, I know I am, uh, we are discovering that we have been made whole. We have been made fully righteous. We are completely holy. Um, this, th- th- we are fully complete and lack nothing in Christ. And deconstruction for those that are stuck in a re- really religious system or even have been exposed to some systems that are incomplete, which is pretty much all of us. Um, this is about having some parts replaced, some parts of theology replaced. And we're going to get into what some of those are, but not today. I'm just giving you some broad pictures because I think we need to visit this topic. Hey, good morning, Lisa. Great to see you there. Uh, where are you from, Lisa? I forget because people are chiming in here saying where they're from. I'm going to say a quick hello to a couple of folks. I haven't seen some of you for a while. Uh, Jermaine's from uh, Bradley, Illinois. Uh, Sandra is from the UK. Oh my good. Oh, it's afternoon there. Okay. And then Gina's from Colorado. Uh, Lisa, you're from Salem. All right. Very, very good. And then, uh, there we go. Perfect. Let's, let's dig into this some more. So just for fun and, and, and for your path, if you're afraid of this word deconstruction, or if you've been falsely triggered, Hey, good morning, Rainy. Uh, I forget where you're from. You're definitely in Alabama. (laughs) If you have been negatively triggered by the word deconstruction, today's message will be good news to you, okay? There is hope. And if it's not a message of hope, it's not a message of hope. (laughs) All right. Deconstruction does not mean throwing out Jesus. There are some folks who are going to say, wait a minute, you are are now going to... uh, um, toss out Jesus and everything he taught. Uh, you're gonna toss out the Bible. That, that's another one. Um, but this idea of throwing out Jesus, no. In fact, I think that may be all you're gonna be left with. It, it could be, depends on how many non OEM parts were placed into your thinking, theology, and teaching. Okay. Um, there are some people who come from a background. This is gonna be beautiful, folks. If you don't have this urgency to deconstruct and you see Jesus as all loving, wonderful, his grace extends to all of humanity. If you're already seeing that, oh my goodness, thank God that you've not been exposed to the dung uh, and mudslinging and dung slinging of the religious church. Be thankful you don't have things to unlearn. Oh my goodness. I am, I'm constantly shocked at how much I have grown in, matured in, and how many OEM parts I've had to put back into me, all right, so to speak, in my thinking, not the real me. So <laughs> uh, let me give you an example. There's there's a buddy of mine who went through a terrible, terrible relationship breakup. Um, won't get into the details, but as we sat in my office talking, by the way, this, this friend taught me how to cry. <laughs> yeah. He did. He taught me how to cry and be honest with emotions. He taught me vulnerability in a way that I did not know how to. Um, and as he poured out his heart, he shared the absolute hell and pain he'd been going through. He didn't know this, but I was going through my own pain. I was going through counseling for being sexually abused by a Roman Catholic priest. I was abused for three years as a teenager. Like that's, that's crap by a priest. 
Ugh. But it wasn't until I was 45 that I began counseling and began to deal with it. That, that's a long time. So here's this buddy of mine sitting down in my office. I'm a pastor, and he's sharing with me about pain vulnerability, and he's bawling his eyes out, and he's, he's concerned about his faith, but Jesus is all he's got left. And I thought, okay, here's a man I like, I trust, and he's able to be this honest and this vulnerable. And he taught me how to work through some of my crap. And it was really great. That's how what, that's what God does. He uses people in our lives to, to, to speak truth into each other, to, to pour light into each other. It's ex he's good at what he does. So anyway, so it, why is the story important? It's because by the time he questioned everything, he questioned his marriage, he questioned um, you name it. And he said, you know what, I, I just want to throw it all out. And then he said, well, no, just Jesus. Yep, I'm going to just, Jesus, that's all I can handle. So for a time, he would come to my office and say, hey, can I shoot the shit with Jesus and you? I went, what? <laughs> I said, sure. And so we did. And uh, we had uh, uh, many conversations, and we still do. He's, a, he's, he's one of my best friends. Um, but this idea of just Jesus, yeah, I think that's, you're not going to throw out Jesus. Don't be afraid because this is about fear. The, the, most people that are having false triggers or negative triggers on deconstruction, they're dealing with a fear. But the angels clearly reminded us each time they showed up, especially at the announcement of Christ's birth, fear not. That's what this episode's called, deconstruction. Fear not. There are reasons not to be afraid, and I'm giving you some great ones. And by the way, I see Lisa said Jesus is enough. And, and you're right, Lisa. But here's, here's my problem uh, that uh, I know you, so you don't mean this. But in the churchy world, they'll say the same thing. They'll use the same phrase, but that's just Christianese to them. They, they just use it as a quick, flingy term. But Lisa, when you're saying that, you mean it what my buddy meant. Jesus is enough. That's it. And that means... Well, we'll get to this who Jesus is in just a moment, but I don't get caught in the religious jargon. I am so sick of it. In fact, I'm I'm repelled from a lot of Christianese language, and I got to preach on Sundays too, so how do I do this? Well, I'm going to be authentic every time. You know, I, I if I'm going to use a term, I'm going to try to explain it. And again, depends on the context of who you're speaking with. If I'm speaking to a really non-religious group, I'm definitely not going to use Christianese. But if I've got folks that, you know, they have some background, I might. But I want to be careful with my terminology. And my relationship with this individual allowed us to become free in our terminology, not having to scrutinize each other's definitions. Okay? And that's another problem with deconstruction. We can... Um, it, terminology changes definitions i'm gonna write this down because i'll cover this one ne next week definitions change yep anyway yeah it triggers you i agree lisa it does so I, i'm um i love folks that are hungry to grow and know just jesus all right not not the religious system okay i'm not into that i'm, I'm I got very little patience for that. But here we go. The fact is, Jesus may be all that you'll have left. You don't have to be afraid of throwing out Jesus. You're going to find out that Jesus is the original OEM. Okay? Like, he's it. So my question would be, which Jesus? And by the way, this reminds me, 
The things you will deconstruct are things that should never have been there in the first place. Fear not. That's a big line. The things you will need to deconstruct are things that never should have been there in the first place. Just don't forget that. I think, I think that's really, really big. All right. So this uh, deconstruction does not mean throwing out Jesus. Next, throwing uh, deconstruction does not mean you'll become an atheist. Oh my goodness. People say, well, you're going to throw God out. You're going to not believe in God anymore. No, they're not going to believe in the religious system or the small G God. So although atheists uh, are closer to discovering the real Trinity than are my fundamentalist and staunch religious friends, all right, the God, small G, they don't believe in, you'll discover you don't believe in that God either. Like, honestly, like, this idea of the angry God. I remember uh, William Paul Young. Uh, he was on a uh, uh, a stage and he had uh, a couple st- a stool, and then he had uh, uh, another chair over on the one side, and then he had three chairs on the on the other side of the stage. So between the three chairs and the one chair, there was a stool, and he went to that stool and he said, "This is where atheists live." They've moved from the single chair angry God who doesn't even exist to atheism. And the God that they describe, you and I don't believe in either. And it's, it'll bring you closer to the Trinity, the three chairs, which is the authentic true God. So there, there's, there's some unlearning to do here. We need to ask, who, who is this God we say we believe in? And we need to move beyond that. We need to move past the ticked off angry judgmental zeus that everyone believes in all right like this they have more theology wrapped in in um uh greek mythology my goodness than they do in biblical history if you want to call it that it's crazy so rainy writes jesus is our reality he takes us within ourselves yes and helps us see him in others oh my goodness we are not what happens to us our identity is in christ i love that i'm gonna come to i've got a slide that kind of points to that all right but rainy's right you know jesus is our reality so when we deconstruct, we're de- deconstructing false realities. That's another great one. That's right. Deconstruction, false realities. Um, I think that can be a wake-up call to some people because nobody likes to be told they're wrong, right? I don't. I don't. Hang on. Reality. I don't like to be told I'm wrong, but I am teachable. I think most people that know me, sure, I may argue and and kick and scream and stuff but i'm very teachable convince me maybe your argument's lousy (laughs) you know maybe you don't know my lens of where how i've arrived at my conclusion so same thing with you and we need to be more gracious with each other but don't be afraid that you'll become an atheist that's not always a bad thing because most atheists the God they describe for you, you're going to find out you don't believe in that God either. Let's keep going. Um, uh, deconstruction does not mean you'll become a universalist. Why is this word such a swear word in the Christian world? 
churchianity has really taken this word and made it like a heretic word. And by the way, when people start calling you a heretic, they they can, let me just say this, they got to shut up. It's none of their business. They're not allowed to. In fact, if I remember church councils right, church councils through meetings would declare somebody a heretic, not an individual person. No one had the power to declare someone a heretic. So be careful with this. Now, the term universalist, I, we got to unpack this. Most of us have grown up in a system that says universalism is wrong and uh, God's not really that good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny way to put it. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. But this idea of universalism, although you will have your boundaries pushed on how far God's love and grace really does reach. This, this is what's going to happen. You may not become a universalist. Don't worry about that. Uh, the term is throwing you off. Maybe you've been told it means one thing. I'm a good, but uh, I better rephrase that. A person who was a friend of mine, <laughs> uh, a fellow grace teacher, um, confronted me a long time ago uh, about um, my perspective and where I was going, and I I had a wake up call that day. This is set many years ago. Uh, this individual grilled me on my theology. And I'm thinking, I'm not playing Bible verse war with you. You'll blow me out of the water. I'm not that, sm I'm not that smart to remember all those perfect verses. And, well, the Bible says in Revelation 6. It says in John 14. It says in Ephesians 6. I, I can't do that. Like, I walk away from you. Bye. But this individual grilled and grilled and grilled. And they always came back to the term i'm a universalist then what else can it be was their answer and i couldn't give them a rational response he in fact this person said one of us is right and one of us is wrong and i immediately said no and he looked at me funny so what do you mean I said no he said, of course one of us is right one of us is wrong and i said no that's not true. Now, what he didn't realize what was going on in my head was this. And I finally say, fine, if that's what you think, then yes, one of us is right and one of us is wrong. I'm sorry you're wrong. <laughs> but, but here's what was happening in my mind, and we'll get to this one coming up shortly as well. Uh, the idea of dualism, the fighting over one person being more right than the other. I began to see that as I began to grow deeper in grace, by the way, that person I met with was was a person that I had experienced a level of grace with all right so I went from legalist which I wasn't too bad I wasn't one of the horrible ones but still I had believed a lot of uh, faulty concepts of who God was and how he brought salvation to this world and so on it's fine I'm, I'm growing so I went from legalism to grace and I thought I've arrived this is it but then I discovered deeper grace but each level, watch this. So when I went from legalism to grace, I judged everyone that was not understanding grace as legalists. I became a harsh judge. In fact, I had no idea how harsh that was till I went from grace to deeper grace, and then I was attacked by grace. The gracelists. Oh, it was it was nasty. And and they and there's a whole group of them doing it today. There is a large segment of people proclaiming grace that are harsh and unloving to those who are seeing a wider, more expansive love and acceptance of God in our world. 
And I, I think it, it, they you can't tell them to stop because they can't see it. And don't fight with them. Don't argue. That's that's another thing we need to learn. Says so quit arguing with people about this stuff. They're not ready. They're not wanting it. So I learned a lot about my own attitude because then I saw in that individual what I looked like previously. I was like, wow, I had no idea. And even today, I am still learning. I am still learning about not only my perspective, but my judgmentalism that I've had and still have if, uh, if, if the Holy Spirit points out and says, yeah, that ain't me. Oh, fine. Unlearn. <laughs> All right. So this idea of universalism, it means something different than you may have been told. And just because you read a systematic theology textbook doesn't necessarily give you a complete definition of this. In fact, I think William Paul Young, he had a, I saw a clip, it was like five minutes long. Maybe I'll, I'll find a way to post it. But he was asked about universalism and um, his response to it. It was brilliant. So... Be careful that you don't judge and you become the definer of other people's definitions. That's that's more judgment. Like Again, remember I talked about definitions will change? Well, well, we'll get to that, but I don't know if we'll get to it today. So if you're worried about deconstruction and there's a fear, fear not. You won't become a universalist. And by the way, if God leads you down that path, you're going to be okay with it at that point. But until then, don't you worry about it. You, were, you just enjoy the ride that God has you on right now. Maybe he's causing you to unlearn some things uh, that you had no idea you needed to unlearn, and he's trying to find a gentle way to do it with you. I always ask God, oh, please be gentle with me. Well, I promise you that God's love and grace is better than you have been told, even in deeper grace it's better and bigger and wider than you have been told or than you believe right now even though you may think that you believe that god's love is amazing that's great it's more it's further it's wider it's deeper <laughs> oh my goodness yes powerful powerful deconstruction does not mean getting more answers right this is a big one Instead, you will gain more insight and wisdom from more ancient sources. You will begin to become more comfortable with mystery rather than absolute cubbyhole theology. See, the, the Christian world, especially in the West, loves to be right. They have to be right. Everyone else is wrong. Everyone else is wrong. They, I was in it, and... I'm, I'm still living and I'm still part of the same body. We, there, there are cousins, our brothers and sisters, okay? We can't say us versus them, but that system will say us versus them. We are not us versus them. We are one. Really important to remember that. So to think, oh, if I deconstruct, I'm going to be more right then. Uh, here's what happens. Many who have deconstructed have honestly just been downright mean they have called out people and said, you're all wrong, all you grace people, all you whatever, you're wrong, and, and you don't know what you're talking about. And it's like this degrading, immature, adolescent hissy fit. Um, and that's painful. That's why one of my wisdom points, and I won't do it today, is don't live your deconstruction online. Like, Grow up a little bit and let the Holy Spirit be your teacher, not publicly and waiting for people to affirm you. 
that's not what this is about. But the idea of being right, well, who gets to determine what's right? Bingo. Even our definitions, you know, how do we know which definitions are right? Well, I'll promise you this. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. The Holy Spirit will guide you. And just because he whispers something else to someone else for where they are at doesn't mean that person's wrong. Just like for me, I'm hearing a better, deeper lens in my perspective. So why fight and think we know more than their teacher? I think, I think there's something to this here. This is not about being more right. This is maybe realizing there's more mystery involved than we know. Look at 2,000 years of church history. <laughs> they're, they're still trying to get it right, so to speak. And there's still more being unpacked. In fact, I heard a... I'll say it quickly here, but don't get me in trouble for this. But I, I listened to a very powerful four-hour seminar. It's in two parts on how the word homosexual found its way into the scriptures. It didn't arrive until 1946. Well, nobody told me that. I didn't know. Well, now there's there's some more deconstructing to do. Well, wait a minute. What does that mean then? How did our how was our theology formed from all that? So anyway, that's again, that's another category of deconstruction, all right? Which I welcome you to consider because there's much to learn there. But the Bible plainly says, no, it does not plainly say on that topic. I promise you that. Promise you that. But that means we got to be careful with our attitude of trying to be more right. Are you okay with some mystery of not knowing the full answers? Are you okay with having multiple perspectives? Now, let me give you an example. When I, when I did my forgiveness series, uh, this was really helpful. When I did my forgiveness series, I, I've taught it like three or four times already. And the last time I did it, I ended up reaching out to a ton of people I respect and people I didn't quite know. Um, and I asked them if they'd be willing to give me a concise, short definition of how they view what forgiveness is. Believe me, that was a whole sermon. That took the entire sermon to go through all those definitions. And what it did was it made me realize and hopefully allowed us to realize that there may not be a singular definition for all this, but we're all given different pieces of a puzzle and together we become a body that begins to understand it together with one person not being more right than the other and pointing out the wrongs of others that goes away oh my goodness like this is this is incredible uh, here's here's what i'm i'm discovering the early church fathers the ones who wrestled the most with um, theology and understanding and confirming history and testimony reports. Uh, like when we begin to deconstruct how we see our Bible, that's another scary one. And I'm going to warn you, you're not going to throw your Bible out. I'll, I'll get to that next week. I think I'm going to continue this uh, next week. Bible not thrown out. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Next week will be part two because this is, I won't have time to finish this all today. Um, but this idea of don't be afraid that you're, you're uh, um, going to be right, more right than others, I think it needs to make you more loving. That's going to be the end game here. More loving. That kind of sounds like Jesus. <laughs> Deconstruction does not mean that what you taught, what, what you were taught, oops, uh, 
uh, was all wrong, or if you're a teacher that what you taught was all wrong. It does not mean it's all wrong. Instead, you will discover that it was, oops, I didn't fade this over. Um, uh, you'll discover that what was incomplete and those who taught you just didn't know. Anger may rear its ugly head, but the deeper you grow, the more compassion and understanding you will have and display. So deconstruction doesn't mean that the previous church was wrong. Oh my goodness, I can't believe they did that. Oh, I can't stand them. Oh my goodness. Listen, that's, that's not what this is about. Are you starting to see these pieces come together? All right. Instead, all of us have an incomplete understanding of all theology every one of us nobody has it correct and absolute and 100 right none of us do but there's enough there that's childlike that binds us together just jesus yeah that's a great place to start great place to start it's, it's like the series we did on with uh, Richard Murray and Bill Thrasher we're talking about the child young adult adult stages of of growth Unfortunately, there's a lot of children in the faith that think they're adults. And it's pretty scary. It's like, oh my goodness. Um, but anyway, you got to go back and listen to that one. That was a really, really good one because there are stages of growth. And that's what all this deconstruction is really discipleship. It's really what it is. It, that's it. It's continuing to grow. It's not that scary. So the pendulum swing when you begin to deconstruct is to point fingers at the previous places. And I've got plenty of places to point at, especially with my history and the churches I've gone to. Man, oh man, I could, I could say, ah, they were wrong. Look how they treated people. Blah, blah, blah. I can do all that. But here's the thing. I gained my foundational truths, whether it was served incorrectly or somebody burned the chicken or burned whatever, and I ate that. I, it doesn't matter. The source was still Jesus, and he knew my path and is guiding me, and he's guiding you, and he's guiding all those around you. Even those people you can't stand, even those people that are seeing theology differently than you, he's guiding them. Just chill. You're not their God, so stop trying to be their God and be more right than them. Like, uh, Anyway, so be careful that anger, anger doesn't rear its ugly head but that instead you grow through this, that you become compassionate and more understanding and dis that it's displayed as fruit out of you. Don't be a fruit cake, but be the fruit of the spirit. Really important. Deconstruction, this is from Bill Thrasher from last week I, I mentioned this, is the real point is that deconstruction has a connotation towards destroying the supporting building blocks. <laughs> Whereas these other terms seem more in, uh, international or intentional about breaking them down in a mindful fashion so that they uh, be rebuilt into something much stronger and more stable. Well, correct. That's where the OEM parts comes in. So again, this we're, we're unpacking this deconstruction and removing the fears of deconstruction. We'll finish up next week on that because I'm looking at the time and it's gone way over than what I expected, but that's okay. A uh, couple more points. So Bill Thrasher instead liked to use the word uh, disassembly. And Lisa, who's watching today, um, like the word dismantling, <laughs> highlighting man, taking man out of it, or ego is probably a better way to put it. Uh, that's what she means by that, I believe. 
Um, another word for deconstruction is renovation. We're renovating. It's like you go into an old house. The structure's still there. The foundation. You may only have the concrete foundation. It's like going through a, a tornado-driven area. I think it was uh, Rainey was talking about that in one of his, his talks of uh, where there's been a huge tornado and the houses have been shredded, ripped from their foundations. What's left is the foundation. And you can build on it again. Maybe the materials were substandard. Maybe it was built for a, 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 a lesser power of storms. I don't know. But that's what a renovation will do and a reconstruction. Okay, deconstruction will mean reconstruction. All right? It doesn't mean destroy and we're finished. Um, uh, deconstruction means authentic discipleship. It, this is all it is. It's just a discipleship thing. So if the buzzword deconstruction doesn't fit with you, fine. Just It's just discipleship. Or we're maturing our language and terminology as we grow from stage to stage. That That's that's really what it is. You know what uh, um, the finished work of the cross meant to you as a child will mean something very different to you as an adult. And you wrestle with it as a teen, okay, as in First, first John 2. That, that idea of child, young adult, adult, that, that is a big foundation to me. So I think, I think that's all we got today. Let me just take a look. Uh, yep. Um, so let me stop there because I think there's some other things I'm going to bring next week on um, what destruct, uh, deconstruction does not mean. I think it, this is really important to pack unpack because there are people that are afraid. You don't need to be afraid. God doesn't deal in fear never has all right so if the message is coming to you as fear I'll, and i'll say this uh ego erasing god out hey that's good i like that oh rainy rainy <laughs> i love that that's great okay uh kirk you said truth is relative then truth is not absolute then no no truth is absolute truth is jesus and how Jesus reveals that truth to us is critical. He may reveal something to you differently than he does to me. But when we have a different perspective, then we need to have a healthy conversation and not look down our nose at one another and say, I'm more right than you. That's not grace. That is not discipleship. That's not Christ. So it's that stuff that we got to get rid of because this is about connections with one another and some people we just will never get along with. Yeah, Man-made doctrines. That's right, Lisa. That's what this is. So let's, let's uh, come back next week um, and continue. I think we'll do one more talk on it. And then I'll go through my points of wisdom um, that I put uh, slapped together last week real quick. Like literally it was done in like 10 minutes of some of the key things that I think are really important for the journey of deconstruction. Things you need to keep in your um, belt to, to stay reminded. So that's all I've got for today. Thank you so much for joining me uh, here. Um, uh, so glad that you guys chimed in online. I can see some of the comments from the UK. Thrilled to have you watching from there. There's some great grace teachers there. Uh, Paul Anderson Walsh is in the UK. He's a phenomenal teacher, if you have not heard of him yet. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really good. Jermaine, if you're still watching, thank you for chiming in. That's it. We'll catch you next week. Uh, if you like this conversation, share it with others once this is done. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys next time. Thank you so much for watching.
Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.